0: listen to the sound on site game of thrones podcast my name is simon howell i'm joined by miss kate kulzik hello and mr mike waldman in toronto mike yes how's everybody doing i am doing well i can't speak for kate
1: i'm pretty good i'm i'm walking downstairs in a normal way which is it shows progress
0: right because uh kate just completed the uh uh the chicago marathon no no no,
1: illinois marathon very different whatever
0: ill oh even better illinois marathon (laughs) Uh, a few days ago, Mike. When was your last marathon? Uh, I it was. It was several months ago.
2: But I mean, it was the Chicago Marathon. It was for real, you know. It's for real, uh, yeah.
1: Uh, none of this
2: incorporated Illinois, you know, garbage. Right. I don't not, know. Not diluted.
1: Illinois Marathon has Ebert Fest. So. look,
2: well, awesome. we can all pretend that there's more in Illinois than Chicago, if you like.
1: <laughs> but let's get <laughs> to this episode of uh, of Game of Thrones. It's nice to have you back on the show, Simon. What did you think of Gustav Harrenhal? Uh
0: Well. I I really dug this episode. It it definitely seems like the pacing kicked way up this week. Just in terms of we spent time with just about I I think every single significant set of characters and things happened on every front.
1: Oh, a lot a lot happened. We did miss out several characters. We didn't get any Sansa. Um, we didn't get any uh, Rob. We didn't. You know, there's a bunch of characters we don't get any of this week. But we spend so much time. Um, if not a lot of time, we spent a lot of significant moments with a lot of the other characters, and like like we said a couple of weeks back when you, when you were here, Simon, stuff is going to start happening, and I think it started this week. Um, Mike, what did you think?
2: Um, I, I liked it. I thought it was it's good. I um, I, I don't. Well, we can get into this more later in the show, but for me, this marks an episode where there's a little bit I feel maybe a tiny bit of a turning point in terms of maturity. And I mentioned being a little bit worried about it before, and I feel like it's becoming a little bit more pronounced. But um, I agree that the pacing's fun. Um, you know, I, I'm sure, as we always do, we'll talk a bit about book similarities. But I think they're doing a great job of adopting the books in a way that keeps even people that have read them sort of guessing and entertained. Um, so overall, pretty good, except for the maturity issues, which I'll bring up later.
1: Okay. Um now let's let's start with uh, your boy Tywin showed up this week. I know you've been waiting for him to to make an appearance. What did you think of his return?
2: Oh, he's so great. Like, you know, the, when I would first describe Game of Thrones to people, especially people that didn't like fantasy, the first thing you could say is there's really not much fantasy in it at least at that point. But um the the big thing that I always talked about was it has some, you know, really remarkable actors giving really remarkable performances with occasionally cheesy dialogue and stuff, but that never seems to matter. And he's just so fantastic on screen. Like he's one of those rare characters in a rare role in a rare movie or show that I'm always excited. It doesn't matter what he's talking about or if the scene is even particularly interesting. I'm just excited to see him act. I think, I think he's incredible.
1: Yeah. I mean, that scene with Aria uh, was fabulous. And, that, a lot of that's on on, on Maisie Williams, who's fantastic, but also the you know the, that that scene with her or that dialogue from her doesn't work if it hasn't been appropriately built to. And I think they did a great job with that. What'd you think, Simon?
0: Uh, well, I, that, that scene or even that line reading really was was the clear highlight of the episode to me. I think it the uh, the only unfortunate thing about sort of the Aria storyline this season to me is, and I'm sure this is not an issue in the books. It does feel a bit uh tidy in the sense of, you know, we have in Garden of Bones, I think it was, we we had her um reciting a list of people she'd like to see dead. And this week she and literally in the following episode she gets the opportunity to have herself a hit list.
2: Which which is a little a little tidy. It's funny, you know, I, I was gonna mention that later, but they are in an attempt, like, like you said, that that isn't an issue in the books, mostly because those events are separated by like 700 pages. <laughs> like everything is separated by such a gulf of writing. Um, and while that is, you know, her revenge on the tickler does come a little earlier um, than other people on that list. Uh it it certainly doesn't seem that truncated in the books. So there are instances in the show where in order to make things happen in a timely manner and just in a way that even makes sense on screen they're occasionally going with some much simpler... Just just the fact that they're in Heron Hall, that eliminates hundreds and hundreds of pages and several side quests and things that only happen outside the castle and blah blah blah. So everything has a much tidier appearance than the show which than the books, which is kind of just one big clusterfuck all the time.
1: Now, what is your issue, Mike, this week with maturity? Because I'm trying to to think of what you could be referencing, and uh, I'm drawing a blank.
2: Okay, so just in general, I have found the tenor of this season, and I mentioned it earlier, and I, I, I feel more and more, the tenor of this season, some of the performances, some of the decisions seem a little bit less mature than the first season, which... For the fantasy genre it was this like gleaming beacon of maturity. It really was for all of the occasional glimpses of the misogyny, and there were way too much breasts and superfluous sex and stuff. It was a really mature show. I feel that this is becoming a little less mature. there's a lot a lot more caricatures, a lot more people that are just sort of maybe a kind of just a silly accent with and maybe like, it's just like that who? I, don't...
1: I don't see any of that, so what such as whom?
2: See, I find every person, everybody that's happening with Danny, everybody around Danny, I'm finding harder and harder to take. Like all of the Corthians, all of the Dothraki guys. It's just everything is so over the top all the time. And I'm finding the dialogue is really stilted. Plus, uh, I don't know. I, I'm just not relating to any of that. And it's getting to the point where I feel occasionally I feel a little taken out because. I feel like it's a little. It feels a little embarrassing at times, to be honest.
1: Oh, I think it, I thought everything we got with Danny this week was great. I I really like how they did Piat Pri. I thought that worked really well and was a, very very effective. Um, I think I think Carth needs to feel very much of the other, and like, like now Danny hasn't really been in Westeros very much, seeing she as she fled when she was still a child, but she is supposed to not feel at at home and this is supposed to be a strange place to her and so I, I think that that works well it doesn't feel phony to me it doesn't feel uh like too much it, it feels appropriate and i think well handled i know simon where do you which, which side of this are you on
0: i haven't really been having the same issue as mike who i think maybe is just feeling insecure in his life and wants to take it out on game of thrones for some reason <laughs> Uh, Mike, I don't know what that's about, but I—it's I, I, like they traveled
2: out of a, out of the show I've been watching and into something that's like thirty percent Zena Warrior Princess. I,
0: I think honestly, wait, 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 just... wait,
1: When's the last time you watched Zena Warrior Princess?
0: Oh my god! Because they see... they
1: have bamboo in ancient in ancient Greece. I, there's, there's no comparison for production and <laughs> and writing, but and uh, I I love me some Xena, but there's I, I don't know honestly,
0: <laughs> I I think Mike. I would just really appreciate it if you kept your personal baggage out of the show because <laughs> it's true
1: no having a different opinion I
0: think what's going on is you're just a little insecure about the fact that you like corny fantasy and you're you're deciding now that it's that you're you've gotten into something that you It's, 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 I
2: got it something that wasn't corny fantasy that's becoming slightly corny.
0: Yeah, you're just exactly the problem. You're just realizing what I really don't, you're just realizing what what you enjoy, and you're now suddenly not okay with it. No, it's exactly the
2: opposite. I realize that I really don't like corny fantasy. The reason I like this is because it wasn't that. And now I'm feeling like I'm going to have to be invested in something that perhaps...
1: the show didn't change you did. Simon, Simon, what is Corny Fantasy about I'm, the Daenerys I'm, stuff? I'm
0: I don't think there's anything corny corny fantasy about it. I'm just trying to I'm just trying to probe him a little bit. Um I, I mean, honestly, the only real issue with that I have with Corth is just a uh, you know some of the character names are a little ridiculous, but you know, that's kind of to be expected. I I kind of like um, that they've they've dubbed... The, there's sort of some alternate names for characters floating around to help with pronunciation, like Zarozan Duck Sauce. <laughs> and that's eternally now, I think, thanks to Seven Wall and company, how I'm going to think of that character. But no, I, I agree with Kate. I don't think there's been any noticeable shift, really. I mean, th- this is the episode where it becomes very clear that the supernatural element of the series is... Is here to stay. I mean, you get, and I can't believe we haven't talked about this already. But you know, you have Renly dying in the first forty-five seconds, thanks to, um, you know, uh, Melisandre's viscous hell beast vagina creature. Um, and you just said the word
2: vagina completely incongruously in that sentence. Well, it nuts. No, just, just, just threw it in.
0: Yeah, it, I was, I was just, it, it was a stream of consciousness. Um and you know and then of course we also have the um what is what is the house of illusion called um house of the um, undying the the the, you know we we get a mention of the house of the undying and we see what appears to be some other real magic although um duck sauce is very keen to have it not seem that way and uh, so it 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 be. that's the most important shift to me this week is that it becomes clear that these are going to be very major plot elements in in probably more front than one and maybe that's what what's accounting for your uh, strange insecurity but really I think you just need a therapist.
2: Yes, that's pr- that's probably it.
1: Well, let's talk about Renly then seeing let, let, let's let talk about that that's a big it's a big moment i remember uh being pretty surprised when i was reading the book and that it's like well i guess we're not gonna have a a rendley you know partnership with rob now simon you don't know the books this was a surprise to you just how how, how do you think that was handled was it a surprise were you satisfied with what happened with the Shadow monster.
0: <laughs> I felt like for some reason I knew that was going to happen. And I don't know if that was because somebody told me or I read it somewhere. Or th- I- I've been very good about avo- avoiding spoilers for the show, but I feel like I knew Renly bit it soon. And I figured that was a pretty... Knowing that, it seemed like it was a pretty natural way for it to happen. Um, I mean, I I don't think anyone is going to... It's definitely not a... A Ned Stark gets his head cut off moment because we don't have the same level of investment in Renly. Although I think people, people who have no idea what's what's going on, probably it probably would be a surprise just in the sense of he's we we've had no battles yet, at least no on-screen battles, so we're not really expecting a death toll yet. So in that sense, I think it's it is effectively surprising.
1: Oh, what, what, how did you think they handled that, Mike?
0: Um, I thought it was okay. It's uh.
2: Like, uh, <clears throat> knowing that it was coming, I was really just looking for, you know, how it looked, and I thought it looked cool. You know, I I didn't have any issue with the effects or anything. I thought those looked good, so – but I don't really have an issue with any of the changes. I think uh, I think it worked really well. I think inevitably the, the sort of huge moments are going to be a little anticlimactic for people that read the books just because you're, you're – I'm sure you two were waiting throughout the scene for it to happen.
1: I mean, for for me, it was handled just for me. The way I remember it from the book is that the the shadow is on the wall and attacks his shadow, and then so as opposed to being as like a physical attack, you know. Now I could be remembering that wrong.
2: I do remember it being a little subtler. That's that was my one issue: was that in the book, it's dealt with a little less as like a shadow monster that walks. You know, and a little bit more like something a little bit more nebulous, a little bit more maybe slightly more metaphysical.
1: But yeah, I got that
0: sort but, but of i I'm, a... I'm sorry, but one person's shadow, like, stabbing another person's shadow or whatever would have looked ridiculous.
2: Oh, absolutely. They, yeah. They, I... they, they they made a good choice to go really literal, I think.
1: Well, I, the, I think it works because then it also gives Kat and Brienne something. They they actually see something Weird as opposed to Kat thinking maybe she saw a shadow, you know, sort of thing in the corner of her eye. This is a definitely, we need to get the hell out of Dodge. There's a lot going on that we don't understand. You know, there's, it gives them a much, uh, I think, bigger impetus than just he collapses. Um, so I do think I would agree that that handled, was handled well. Um, now, just speaking of Brienne, we, we said when we were first introduced to her, we were going to have to wait to see. Uh, if we thought the actress was up to the task until she had more to do. And I would say this week she she had more to do. What did you guys think of of that performance from Gwendolyn Christie?
2: She was awesome. She's fantastic. Lucy Lawless has got nothing on her. Um, I, th- I, was, I That was one of my favorite fight scenes in any of the episodes in any of the history of the show. I thought she did great. It was really cool. Um, and in her boots and everything, she's like 6'5". It's... Uh, just physically, she's a pretty unique character. It's interesting. And she's very... In the book, she's described as monstrously ugly. And what I think is kind of cool is that this woman isn't ugly, but she's very strange-looking. Like, she's just a very odd-looking person. Um, I don't know how she's going to be as an actor, and there is some heavy acting coming up for her.
1: She had a moment with Kat at the end, uh, and I think I think there were some, some significant emotional touchstones there.
2: Oh, sure. I just mean, like... The, you know, not to give anything away, but there's a real story arc with Breen, and um, I, I'm not saying that she's not up to the task. I'm just saying there's a lot of acting ahead for her. So all I know now is that she's certainly physically uh, up to the task, uh, and she certainly seems to be a great, like a, a great fight choreographer, a uh, choreography actor.
1: Simon, what about you?
0: Yeah, I I think she's definitely the the new character I'm most invested in. And and I have to say that now that now that Cat is under Brienne's protection, my instant thought was, okay, look, I haven't read the books, but I'm just gonna go ahead and guess that nothing happens to her for a little while.
1: <laughs> yeah, it had to be pretty tough to be uh to be getting past Brienne to take out Cat. That's that's a good point. Um, I I've as far while we're in the Stormlands, I will say I know that you're not the biggest fan of of Peter Baelish Uh. And and Aiden Gillen, um, Mike. But for me, I, I really enjoyed again this the scene with Baelish and with Marjorie that we that we got uh, here, and with with Loras as well. I thought it, it was such a uh, an emotionally fraught scene, and I liked that they gave the all of their reactions to Renly's death the weight that they needed, um, and also showed us so much about how these characters handle stress and handle decision making. I, th- I thought it was a nice moment.
2: I liked it too. And I I do. I, I love Peter Baelish. I just, you know, certain actors are cursed for no, just because they did such a great job. And for me, you know, he'll always be trying to can Commissioner Burrell and, you know, trying to, you know, avoid talking to the bunk when he goes to the squad room. Like he's just, you know, he, he is the mayor of Baltimore. And I always see that when I look at him. And like we said last week, i think the only real problem that i have when i think about it is that he's the only one i know for sure is doing an accent so he's the only one where occasionally i think about that but i don't really care he's such a great actor he's fun to watch he's definitely along with you know peter dinklage and a couple other actors just people that are fun to watch on screen and we haven't even talked about what Tyrion's up to this
0: week Oh yeah. Oh,
2: he's Peter Dinklage must be having so much fun when he goes to work these days.
0: <laughs> he's just
2: oozing through the screen how much fun the actor's having.
0: Yeah, I love his his scene in the um, in the square with the with sort of the Occupy crowd, and um, I, I I like that it accomplishes a few things at once. Uh, but but you know it's not just a delivery device for great comic moments. We also get a clearer sense of how, sort of the, what shaped the. Civil unrest they're facing in King's Landing uh, is looking like, mm-hmm. and uh that, that, and it's also just a, it's a very unusual scene in general, just because we, we we spend so little time with with commoners on the show, and it, it's, uh I, I mean, you know, besides you know, sort of the outcasts of society, we we generally don't spend much time with sort of the working people of of Westeros. So that I thought I thought was a nice scene.
2: Yeah, well, that's an interesting point, and in the books, that's the kind of thing, not just in the books, but in any books, that's the kind of thing that, you know, it's very easy to describe. People walk through towns, and you hear about, you know, they have small interactions with people all the time in the books, but that kind of stuff is just so expensive to portray on screen, you know. Having anybody go for a stroll in King's Landing requires casting dozens and dozens and dozens of people, and costuming them and all that, so that's a very good point that I hadn't really thought of, but I think maybe that's just in general from books to movies, but certainly here, one of the things you really get from the books that you don't get from the fil- from the show is a um, a feel for what Westeros is like for the people that live there. Well, um, I, I, I
1: think they also choose when they're going to spend the money and when they're going to use it. For example, we had the, the the scene with the crowd getting unruly in season one. With uh, with Cersei and and Sansa in danger, as I, as I recall, I don't remember what episode that was, but that was something that they they definitely spent the time to, and to, and money to to get all the extras and costume them and really get you give you a sense of of what was going on uh, in the in the town in King's Landing um, as opposed to within the castle gates. Um, but I so I think I would imagine they they're kind of saving that up to, to use it, uh, at the most strategic moment.
2: That's what I mean though, I guess those moments are expository. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's fine and that's totally understandable, but just the nature of books allows you to visit those places in moments that aren't necessarily directly tied to advancing a plot point or a character point or something.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so yeah, I mean, there's certainly no shortage of commenters in the books, you know?
1: Yeah. Um, another thing that I was glad that they touched on. Oh, before I forget, I was—I love Tyrion's scene with Lancel. I think, uh, I mean, that's just gotta be fun to, to be in those scenes, particularly for Dinklage. I think Eugene yeah. Simon's doing a good job as Lancel too, but that was just hilarious when they're in his, um, what's, what are those called? palanquins or whatever? and, and Oh, uh, palanquins. Palanquins. yeah. It was so much fun. But I was glad to see, uh, another appearance for, for, for Bran and uh i like that they're they're touching on him and building that relationship with osha and uh and and that you're seeing him i like the contrast between Bran here whereas the last time we saw him when he in, in dealing with his people now that he is the acting lord of winterfell and and i like that that they are starting to though we see no, barely see rickon um this week i i do like that they're still continuing to build him up
2: Totally. So, I mean, you get it on Montreal and a Palachun. What did you think of the scene?
0: Um, so, I'm sorry. Which scene are we talking? Are we? we I, I, I moved on
1: second. to Brand.
0: <laughs>
2: you were thinking about your custom tricked out palaquin.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it just it just flashed before my eyes. Um, I mean, I'm not as interested in that as I am in sort of Brand's development as a potential leader, which he seems awfully young to be placed in that position. But just his. Uh, I forget whether it was this week or last week, actually, when he was uh, sort of... Yeah, it was this week when he sort of had to contrive a response to uh, the incursion over near the Iron Islands. And uh, I think that that's sort of fascinating that we sort of see him as mm-hmm. the anti-Joffrey.
1: Yeah, man, if they switched places, the rebel would be in such better... But, anyways... <laughs>
0: yeah, like, the, the, and I think the actor's doing a great job with that.
1: Yeah.
2: He's a good actor, that kid. He's a really good actor. Speaking of good actors, you want to talk about Jon Snow for a few
1: minutes? I was I, I was wall. waiting for you to to go there. Okay, I, that so, was the next question.
2: I mean, you you know, you're a woman, and any uh, and I, I I as far as I know, a heterosexual woman. So, you're sexually attracted to him because that's the way it works. If you're attracted to men, you're attracted to him because he's beautiful. I understand that. Is there <laughs> any way to separate that from literally the horror of his acting? Like he's it, it's like he's like he's like he's like the Rouge of acting it's it's the <laughs> worst thing that has ever happened to a group of people in that context wow it's like he wants to return acting to an agrarian an agrarian state before anybody knew how to Mike, do it like
0: you haven't been spending enough time watching films with juliette lewis in them but you see, I think you've forgotten what really bad that's, acting
2: that's, is. That's that's the, I, like you you and Rick keep trying to use, invoke the Nuremberg defense on his behalf. Uh, <laughs> like crimes don't have to be measured against the morality of those crimes. Like just because you know you don't kill people doesn't mean that beating people up is right. Just because he's not Juliette Lewis doesn't mean he's not the worst actor available on television.
0: I don't know. I th- I think you've been oh, watching documentaries. Oh, oh.
1: Someone has not been watching Smash.
0: Yeah, I, I think
2: that... I'm sure there's a lot of terrible TV out there. I retract that statement. <laughs> He's a terrible, abysmal block Like you've been spending him.
0: too much time watching documentaries, you've forgotten Every what, you've forgotten, 8, what truly, you've forgotten. What truly you've forgotten what truly bad acting looks like is all I have to say.
2: You are we really arguing like degrees of bad here? He's horrible. He can do three things. He can squint and look really attractive. He can he can smolder and look really attractive. Although to be fair, when he smolders, his eyes come together a little bit, so it's kind of squinty. Um, and actually, I retract it. He can't do anything. Else. <laughs> now, <laughs>
1: now I would just like to to pause a moment because I have a feeling that that you find him far more attractive than I do. Because uh, if you're gonna go for uh, pretty people in this cast, I would not. Uh, put Jon Snow at the top of that list though I know he has many fans out there um, so I do find that entertaining that your main descriptor for him is that he's so pretty um, he is
2: an intensely beautiful man I like I don't find him but, um, but uh,
1: I, I will say that I he definitely isn't blowing me away at this point but I don't I don't think they. he's had that much to do, really. I mean, who is Jon Snow at this point? He's not a particularly complex character. He's not, you know. He's, no, I agree. He He's very rash. He's impulsive. He's single-minded. So if the performance is that, then why is that the actor's fault if that's what the character is?
2: Oh, but that's not his fault. The problem that's his fault is that he's such a terrible, terrible actor whenever wait, he has wait, to so do... It,
1: it's <laughs> not his fault Imagine that how the much performance... worse it's going to be when he
2: has to do more. Oh <laughs> okay, my god, but, that's wait, the no, no, but, but, of the next three seasons.
1: Wait, but you just agreed with me that the character isn't that nuanced of a character at this point, so if the performance isn't particularly nuanced, how is that his fault?
2: Yeah, there's there's a, an enormous history of characters without much nuance where the the thing that doesn't stand out for them is the horrible acting ability portrayed by the people demonstrating those characters. He's got like he's got like three books worth of more complexity to develop so it's just gonna get worse and worse. Like I, I I read the book, so I know and that's what keeps you know, that's what I think when I watch this like oh my god, there's so much more that he has.
1: So what what his you you keep saying that his acting is bad. I, I think I need a descriptor or more descriptors than just bad uh, how it, it, is he, it bad what is bad about it what do you want to be seeing that you aren't seeing because i'm seeing Jon snow it seems that seems like that's who Jon snow is right now and it feels appropriate so what are you seeing that is frustrating you
2: i i i i, I don't know those those i guess those things are hard to quantify in any more than i have already he I, I think he's somebody with no real range at all that was plucked because he's intensely attractive. And I think that he has three different facial expressions. They all look like he's a petulant, pouty little kid.
1: Um, which isn't, isn't Jon Snow a, cute... a petulant, pouty little kid right now? No,
2: he isn't though. Like he's he's sort of like he was raised in the castle, but he's sort of the hard done by bastard boy and he's a hard worker guy. I don't know, it's just he he feels Whenever I look at him, it draws me out of the show because it, I feel like it's sort of like this limited boy band casting call kid who was picked because of the way his hair gets greasy in a certain angle. Um, yeah, I, I, I,
1: don't, I, don't, I still think you think he's prettier than I do. I don't know, Simon. Where do you fall?
0: I I, I don't know. I'm still just thinking about Mike's personal issues. <laughs> uh, I, I don't. I really have no opinion about uh, about Jon Snow. I, I agree shit. with I, I agree with Kate mostly. I think he's just a very He's a he's one of the least dynamic characters they have. He's pretty inert. He doesn't have a lot going on. He's in he spends most of his time in a barren wasteland.
1: Yeah, the the actually the fact that that you don't have much interest in him and that he is such a a, a straightforward and um, non involving character for you, I would say, is an argument for, for Mike because for many people, especially you know fans of the books, Jon Snow is absolutely one of their favorite characters, the most interesting. And most dynamic.
2: Exactly in the books, he's not this like one dimensional, boring, com- like sloth sort of character. So I I do lay that on the actor to be honest, because I mean the material for him hasn't been ground shaking, and it is a little cl- all the stuff at the wall is a little cliched, right? Mm-hmm. Um, just in the you know there's it's sort of the standard military tale, right? It's band of brothers, it's all those things. Without any spoilers, everybody knows that the guys that met in training, you know, and hated each other on the first day are going to grow to be, you know, hardened battle friends and blah, blah, blah. Um, And that's not anybody's fault. That's just sort of the nature of those kind of stories. But Jon Snow isn't this sort of boring, pretty boy, one-dimensional character. There's also no mention of him being exceptionally good-looking at all in the books. It's not focused on in any (laughs) way.
1: Can we move um, on from the point that you think he's really pretty?
2: My my point of that is that that <laughs> seems to be the entirety of, of of the point of casting him, of casting this limited sort of bland actor, who's sort of you know limiting this role so much is that he is very attractive.
1: Now, would you uh, put the same claim up against uh, the actor who plays Rob? Rob?
2: Ra- no, I think he's much a much better actor, what, and clearly more What your depth type.
1: has he shown? What's that? What depth is that character shown?
2: I don't think that character shows a lot of depth, but I don't think I think in that case that is accurate with the books. Rob, I think in 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 the show has been maybe even more so than the books has been built up a lot. So that, you know, in the in in the books, there's so much happening. I don't remember focusing on Rob much at all. I think so. What, so basically,
1: what, you like John from the books a lot more than you like John of the show, and because of that deficit you're frustrated with the actor, whereas you don't care about Rob in the books. And so when you don't care about Rob in the show, you don't have a problem with the actor.
2: Well, is your contention then that the actor that's playing
0: Rob a bad actor?
1: No, my contention is the actor who plays John isn't isn't that bad, <laughs> but...
0: I think I think her contention is, is that you're stupid.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, if I thought he was stupid, I would just say that I thought you were stupid, Mike. I don't think you're stupid. I'm just trying to, because I, I truly don't actually see what you're saying and i'm confused by that i'm trying to understand where you're coming from that's what i'm trying to like translate for for me i guess what i think you're saying
2: well i what i'm saying is really simple i think that the actor that plays Jon snow is a really terrible actor and i think the actor that plays rob is a fine actor although i don't we haven't seen much of him doing very much yet but his lack of acting acumen hasn't stood out for me in any way
1: yeah i, I mean, think it, what
2: you're saying it, is that you find him more attractive n-
1: n- no i'm saying i think that they're pretty much all the cast is very pretty people i mean if you want to talk about people who are pretty who aren't supposed to necessarily be pretty it's Tyrion is the main one you should be talking about um but well, I, 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 I mentioned
2: that last week i think yeah. i think finding a deformed a deformed uh dwarf might be
0: difficult in terms of casting a, a deformed dwarf. No, no, it's very easy to find deformed dwarves, but deformed dwarves who can act are probably fairly rare.
1: Well, and it's certainly. Uh, it should it be when... noticed
2: that both of Simon's wives were deformed dwarfs, so he's he knows what he's talking about. I do.
1: <laughs> when you have uh, when when you have a a um. A uh, Peter Dinklage, and I think Amelia Clark is great, and Maisie Williams. And there are certain people who have particularly interesting characters who have, are giving fantastic performances week in and week out. Then even if someone is okay or solid, it can be it, that can make them really pale in comparison. I think that's definitely true. I would agree with you there, mm-hmm. Mike.
0: And speaking of Amelia Clark, how how are how are you rating her performance so far, Mike? Because I know you take issue with her a lot.
2: I'm sorry, who's Amelia Clark again? Daenerys.
0: Oh, terrible.
2: <laughs> uh, good, just terrible. Just like boring and cinemaxy and just awful.
1: How? How so? Cinemaxy? <laughs> uh,
2: you know, I, 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 I don't know. I, 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 I find her performances really flat. And um, again, I. But then again, I, I, I think that that's a tough role. I think. I think her dialogue and even her circumstances probably have the hardest translation in terms of translating to the screen in a way that feels as, you know, as mature as they did in the books. Um, but, uh, no, I don't like her.
1: Okay. (laughs) We'll have to check in at the end of the season We're we're now halfway through the season. We should add, um, we'll have to check in uh, halfway through the season to see if you are, are still, uh, having trouble with with these characters and these actors but I well think- we already
0: know the answer for Jon Snow
1: well, yeah, and, and, for, and for Danny too but and for Danny
0: that hasn't changed since the first season yeah
1: now besides Dinklage then who who are the actors that you think are doing a good job so we have a, some contrast
2: uh like I said I think the, the you know I can never remember his name but the guy that plays Tyrion Lannister is incredible <sighs> Peter, Peter Dinklage is fast the guy that plays Braun is great um, like, a, a really awesome example of, you know, that old axiom in acting that one of the most difficult things to do is to be on screen a lot and to not say very much. Um it's Jerome Flint. He's, he, Jerome Flint, yeah. He's fun to watch. Like, even when he's just sort of standing there smirking. Um, and in all of the time he's been on screen, he's never delivered a single line or made a single moment where I thought, like, yeah that was sort of cheesy.
0: You know, that's what a lifetime of being in music videos will help you with, is standing around and not talking.
2: Is that... About him, or yeah, he's a, he's a
0: he's he's a former pseudo pop star.
1: Nice. Oh yeah, that's British right. That's
2: yeah. right. Kate was mentioning that last week.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. Well, do you guys have any final takeaways on the episode, or or what you look forward to, in you know, in a non spoilery way for the next couple of episodes?
0: I'm I'm just excited that you know they've the the pacing has kicked up a notch, and I'm I'm very excited to start seeing more of you know the shit getting real that you. Elitist book lovers are so fond of mentioning.
1: We met. We got some wildfire this week. I wonder if oh, that yeah. will come is, back. That's
0: going to get fun. Yeah, although it did make me. There's a. If you listen to This American Life in the Fiasco episode, there's an amazing short story about uh, boiling oil and the problems with it when you're trying to burn Visigoths. <laughs> uh And I, I highly recommend you look it up, that's, especially that's awesome. if the, especially if the wildfire thing is going to be a major factor. Burning Ostrogoths with it was really easy, though. Visigoths was a problem. Yeah. I'm going to do what I
2: always do. Ruin the books for y'all. Grayscale and Tyrion might be a problem. Who knows? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Who knows?
1: Um, I'll say I'm looking forward to how, uh, of course, I really enjoy Brienne as well. So I look forward to how they handle that. I also, uh, I feel like they might be really moving forward the timeline with uh, with Brienne and and Cat, I could be remembering the the breaks between the books incorrectly, but I feel like uh, what happens stuff at is, the
2: end of them, I don't remember now.
1: Um, Brienne pledges her fealty to Cat.
2: Yeah, I think they are moving that up. Well, I think all those events have been moved up. quite I, a bit. I
1: feel like some stuff that either will I feel like it either will break from them for a while, or so they'll will start showing some of Book Three in this season with with Brienne. Um but we'll we'll see what happens with that. Um so I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to to more uh more t- Tyrion e- scheming as ever. And I would also say uh the I I've I've enjoyed the um uh Jack and Hagar. I probably said that incorrectly. So I I look forward to more the rest of Arya's list, I should say. Excellent. So that that should be interesting over the next few episodes. So yeah, I think that's about. Oh, and we should we mention the the that we liked Cars a lot more this time? At least the image images wise. I know we had trouble with the CG last week. The dragon looks great. The shadow looks great.
0: Yeah, I think uh, it all it all looks quite good. And I wanted to also mention the casting for the uh for the sorcerer. Mm-hmm. Jesus that and then the casting and makeup also was boy, I had a hard time looking at that dude.
1: Yeah, very, very creepy. That's that's Ian Hanmore and uh yeah. yeah, pre. Yes. Woo! definitely creepy
0: <laughs> especially when there was more than one of them
1: yes jesus
0: <laughs> yeah so i'm hoping he doesn't get too much more screen time because i don't want to wake up the cats with my nightmares <laughs> uh so yeah that's another episode of the game of thrones podcast we will get it out in a more timely fashion next week we we had a whole bunch of scheduling mishaps this week it's you know we have lives deal with it. <laughs> So uh, we're going to take it out with a little bit of Dirty 3, and when, uh, when we come back next week, we will have a slightly different hosting lineup, probably, and, uh, but I suspect Kate and I will still be here, and uh, thank you for listening.